The COVID-19 pandemic is about to turn two years old and then has some people feeling a certain kind of way. I hated COVID. I despised COVID. There were so many moments where this journey was already tough. But is it over? For some, the battle against the coronavirus is far from over. I'm Zach Clark. According to the CDC nationally, COVID-19 cases have dropped 90% since Omicron peaked in January. Numbers are now closer to pre-Omicron levels back in November. A new Fox News poll says in January, only 22% of Americans thought the virus was completely or mostly under control. But here in February, that same poll shows more than a third of Americans, 36% now view it as completely or mostly under control. But as we look across Michigan's counties, the risk levels remain mostly high with a handful of counties at substantial risk. Only Presque Isle is at moderate risk. There are no Michigan counties at low risk. The state health department says 51% of Michiganders have completed their COVID-19 vaccine regimen. All of that in mind, 10 counties in Michigan, including Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb, will drop mask mandates in schools at the end of the month. If you take these things and put them together, what you get is COVID numbers are down. They're way down but we're not exactly out of the woods yet. Here is WWJ health reporter, Dr. Deanna Lights. Unfortunately, we are still in the pandemic. We still need to keep our guards up regarding COVID-19. We're not even in near the endemic phase, according to experts I talked to. Now, right now, we are in a good place, though, because, of course, cases are going down, our hospitalizations are down, our deaths are down in the state. So now we're in a different phase that the state health department calls the post-surge recovery phase. And earlier today, I spoke with Dr. Natasha Bagdasarian. She's the chief medical executive for the state. She says this phase means they're taking a more holistic approach to COVID-19. They're changing where some of the focus lies compared to before. So, for example, she says they're not as concerned about every case of COVID. It's not the primary objective now. She says that the primary objective now is to stop severe outcomes and deaths to protect hospitals so people have access to medical care when they need it. And because the pandemic isn't quite over, the mutations will likely continue. Here's Dr. Lights again. Dr. Bagdasarian says that there will be more variants of concern without doubt. She anticipates that cases will ebb and flow depending on different factors. So for example, when schools opened and they went back to in-person learning, that led to another surge. That could lead to a future surge. Not sure yet. The weather also plays a role. The virus likes cold, dry conditions. And when it's cold out, people move inside. We know that then when people are gathered together, it's easier for them to um, contract the virus. And that in the past has led to a rise in cases. So it could happen again in the future. While numbers keep dropping and people get more relaxed, there are still plenty of folks out there that have concerns. That's especially true for those who are immunocompromised. Meet Christine Nazareth Hopped. Hello. Hi, Christine. It's Zach Clark. How are you? Hi, good. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Christine is a mother of four, two, four, six, and 15 years old. Before the pandemic, though, she was a mother of three and a healthcare worker at Beaumont in Troy. Early on in the pandemic, she became pregnant with their fourth child, a boy named Carter. During her pregnancy, though, she got some tough news. Carter was going to be born with a congenital heart disease. And because of COVID, she had to hear that all alone, and that feeling of loneliness didn't go away. 
my husband wasn't even allowed in the doctor's office. So I received that news on my own. Fast forward to when he was actually here, there were only two people allowed in his room, and those two people were the only ones during that whole hospital stay. He didn't meet his siblings until he was six weeks old. And as you can imagine, that's a really tough way to bring a child into the world. What parent wouldn't be frustrated? I hated COVID. I despised COVID during that time. There were so many moments where this journey with his congenital heart defect was already tough, and to kind of go through it alone without the support from your family and friends was really tough. Remember, Christine and her husband Bob have three other children who weren't allowed to see their brother in the hospital at all. Carter was born 90 minutes from their Shelby Township home, so driving back and forth so parents could see kids was difficult, especially when you consider that Christine had just had major surgery, right? A cesarean section. Like with most moms, though, she would not be stopped. Carter was born in December, so it was wintertime. It's cold. At that point, everything was shut down because of COVID. So I was not even a week post-C-section, and I'm crawling into the back of my van to have a picnic with my other kids because they're not allowed in the hospital to visit, and we didn't have any other place to go. We had to be creative on how to figure out balancing, taking care of our child who was in the hospital, and staying connected with our other children who definitely needed us as well. It's not like we were parenting our other kids while we were in the hospital. And then as well as it's tough to parent your newborn that you're trying to bond and connect with when you can't, you can't even hold them without the help of four or five other staff, you know, with all the tubes and lines connected to them. And it's not just been strained relationships that's been tough on Christine's family. She said earlier that she and her husband were the only two allowed to be with Carter in the hospital, but she can't be in two places at once, so... I had to quit my job to be able to be at the hospital because I couldn't have someone else come and be there in my place. And I also work in healthcare, and it's tough. Like, I see what's happening, and you need to have a family member present to be there with you and help and people are on burnout and it's real and i see it day in day out and i'm living it as well as seeing it we talked earlier about the easing of covid restrictions here in michigan which is welcome news for most but remember with christine's son carter the fear over illness has not gone anywhere if he were to get covid i don't know what that would look like in him. So we have to help do our part to flatten that curve and keep that curve flattened so we can get back to some kind of new normal and not have to worry all the time. Because we're already worried about other things for Carter. We don't want to have to worry about COVID too on top of it. Like that is just, it's so draining. People can say that the risk is less, the overall risk, things like that. But, and again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not in your family, but I would assume that Carter, his immune system is not probably as strong as everybody else's. And so I wonder how that plays into the way you guys think, even as the COVID restrictions ease. That is really tough. You know, our other little ones are in school. A lot of their friends are not wearing masks. And it is scary. Carter is bigger now, which is great. But we have to stay as cautious as possible. But at the same time, he's at those developmental milestones where he has to start 
seeing other people, socializing more. And it's scary, you know, when we go to a home, even if it's just a few of his cousins, you know, we're still nervous in the back of our mind. What if someone has something that we don't realize, you know? Kids are often smarter for what we give them credit. They're wildly observant and usually pretty sensitive to the needs of those around them. Christine mentioned earlier that her three other children, including a high schooler, have had to sacrifice a lot to make sure their younger brother stays safe. But Christine says they are always right there to support their youngest sibling. I do think they understand. And they are such amazing siblings to Carter that they would do anything for him. But they've missed out on playdates. They've missed out on going places, doing different things that their friends are doing. And that's the hard part. As a mom, you you always want to make sure that there's no resentment, you know, between siblings. And and I think that's the hard piece with COVID right now that adds that layer of we have to socially distance. We can't have the play dates. We can't go to people's houses the way we want to. So they understand that piece. They have to do that to keep Carter safe. But it's no doubt really tough for them. Dr. Lights, she said it earlier in the podcast, the way you deal with COVID now is becoming primarily based on where you live. Guidelines and restrictions from federal and state governments are quickly disappearing and communities are taking over the battle against COVID-19. But sometimes where you live is specific to your house, like Christine. She and her husband plus three of their four kids could probably think about crossing the pandemic finish line, right? But because of little Carter and his heart condition, the finish line will have to wait for the hops. The latest on the COVID-19 pandemic can be found at www.jnewsradio.com. Thanks to Christine Nazareth Hopped for taking time to talk to me. And of course, WWJ health reporter, Dr. Deanna Lights, too. All music on this podcast is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Royal Oak. I'm Zach Clark. Thanks for listening.